We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the DGD podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds, Juan Daniels. Kobe Pierce took spring break off, apparently. We're, Juan, we're the old heads, apparently. Uh-huh. Um, with that being said, though, welcome into the DGD podcast. Uh, listen, this past weekend, I think it was year two of dogs dominating the combine, right? Um, yeah, we got some lot. We got a lot to break down and recap. Um, but I do want to start with this, Juan. Overall, what were your thoughts? Overall, on the combine from Georgia's perspective. Um, you know, we had a lot of winners, uh, for sure. You know, just, just had some, had some losers, but I think that overall, um, you know, again, Georgia built Georgia strong. So they came out and did what they exactly what they were supposed to do and then showed why we had national, you know, we had back-to-back national championships and that's just because of the players that we had. I know for me, right. Starting off, day one right when you look at nolan smith and and robert bill you know you start off really really strong right and from day one till up until yesterday right day four you got broderick jones you got uh kenny mcintosh looked you know looked great in on-field drills um you know from start to finish it seemed like georgia did it again um you know and, and i think this is going to be something that you know folks around college football and the nfl need to understand it's not going to stop, in my opinion. It's just not. Um, you know, overall, I, I do want to ask your thoughts, and we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to do a little brief comparison on some other things uh, regarding some other teams that I thought were some some interesting things to take away. But overall, who surprised you the most? Um, I, I would say Nolan Smith. I mean, because that was the probably the the, the biggest shock. Uh, you know, coming off of that shoulder surgery. You didn't know how he was going to, you know, perform at the draft. My favorite part of the uh, of him was, you know, they showed the Georgia guys back in the locker room, um, you know, filming it and cheering him on. And then, of course, he runs that excellent time. Um, and, and that right there was fantastic, which shows a lot about who Georgia is. And, you know, you see all these articles and see all this crap about, you know, Kirby has lost control of the team or he all this other kind of stuff. Those guys love each other. And that is the environment that Kirby has fostered is a, an environment of love, 
taking care of each other, cheering for each other. And um, so they expected him to do well. And I, I think that he did very, very well. Um, and But he was the biggest surprise to me. What about you? You know, I think Darnell Washington. Darnell Washington, in my opinion, made the catch of the combine. And, and I mean, not just this year. I'm talking like a long time. I haven't seen a, I haven't seen that kind of catch uh, in general, right, in the combine. I mean, obviously, when you go to look at NFL and you see these catches, and things like that, that's one thing. I'm talking about from a pure combine perspective. That one-hand catch was absurd. But to me, I think that was the – the pinnacle of what was being built prior to, right, for his performance on the field. Because to be six, what's it, six, six, five, and six, six, and five eights, right, which is basically, you know, six, seven. And I think he came in at 264, right? When you took his performance and, and you put the four, six, five on him, and then you put, now his, I think he actually in the, I want to say it was the three, uh, not the three cone, but the uh, shuttle drill was like third uh, from everybody there in regards to like receivers and stuff. So you're looking at like Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigbo was the top one from a receiver tight end standpoint. Darnell Washington at 264 had the third best time. And then you go see him absolutely pulverize the, um, the sled, right, from a blocking perspective. You sit there, you see – Right. You see him make all these catches, things like that. You see, to me, if there was any doubt of, from anyone that Darnell is a is not a round one tight end, that right there just changed everyone's mind. You have to believe that. Uh, so to me, and honestly, it's something that we hadn't even seen at Georgia, but we wanted to talk about. Right. We wanted to see him get in the red zone targets. Uh, fittingly enough. Right. The the drill that he made that one hand catch was a mock end zone drill. And so, you know, if I'm an NFL scout or if I'm an NFL team in general, I'm just letting you know right now, I'm salivating pairing him up with a with a good quarterback. If if I have a good quarterback, that is a that is a player that I want on my team to be six seven, to make that kind of play, athletic ability. Juan, I think that I think he may even top you on that one. Like I've seen you make some one-handers, but that was that was ridiculous. Uh, Joe Huff said, "I think that Big O made himself a lot of money at the combine." I agree with you. Um, just to see him do that that sled comparison to those other tight ends, that was huge. Um, motivated, uh, dedicated, said he wished Darnell could have stayed one more year and hopes that Delp steps up this fall. I'll tell you what, don't worry about Delp. Um, Georgia built, Georgia strong. He's gonna be. He's going to be a player. Um, but again, like I said, we, we had some guys that you could tell that they're Georgia Bulldogs with the way that they performed at the combine, the way that they conducted themselves, the way that they just go out there with this, just that, that swagger. You can tell who's Georgia made. You know, I'm, I'm looking overall and I'm glad motivated, dedicated brought that up because like, if you look at the tight end, just if we thought Darnell was a spectacle this year, just wait until, just wait until Bowers goes to next year. Like, that's going to be ridiculous. Like, he might like, – I think he will – I'm going to go ahead and make it now. He's going to be the fastest tight end, and it would not surprise me if he runs into four fours. I'm calling that way too early. If he, if he, you know, if he partakes in the combine, which I don't see why he wouldn't, but you never know. Um, I'm just going to make that call now. I think he would run four fours. Um, you know, Juan, but, uh, you know, we, we take – 
right? We've talked about a couple folks already, but you know, you take Stetson Bennett. I know that he's the bane of your existence. I know this, but he didn't do himself any wrong when he with his performance. I, I think, in my opinion, he proved a lot of narratives wrong, right? You always, I always heard these. You know, he's too small. You know, he doesn't have the arm strength. When you take the statistics and you see the 59-mile-per-hour throw and you pair that, that's literally on, that's literally the same as Will Levis, one of the top picks in the draft, apparently. You sit there, you watch him throw the deep ball accurately, might I add. You sit there and you see that right there. The fact that he jogged a four six seven was laughable to me because I don't know if you paid it any attention, Juan, or watched it for that matter. But my man didn't even have track shoes. He literally put the he put the black Adidas on that he worked out with on the field, and he and he literally you watched him take off, and then like thirty yards in, he just kind of eases up, and you kind of even see it too. He just eases up and cruises to a four six seven. I'm like, this guy don't even give a shit about the forty. And I think you know overall coming into the combine, it wasn't a matter of how fast he was; it was can he throw. So you know maybe he saved himself, uh, you know, to throw. But overall, my takeaway was he hit a lot of throws accurately, and he looked calm and, and with some zip, too. Um, and I think after all is said and done, he definitely – his stock is, should be going up. Um, compared to the first group that he was in, um, you know, when you, I mean, you had Max Duggan in that group. You had Will Levis as well. Uh, I mean, him, Stetson and Will Levis were the two – in my opinion, that had the best overall in that first group. Uh, but I think you could argue that Stetson had a better performance overall. Uh, Will Levis made that D ball look effortless too, which was, you know, which obviously we kind of come to expect that with him. And, and we're not going to talk about our Gator garbage friends, but they have something to hang their hat on with one player. Everyone else was fucking garbage. Uh, but that's just, you know, neither here nor there. But is there – I guess my question, and, and for the for the brigade as well, uh, you know, what were some things that stood out to you, and maybe not the best way? Uh, were there any things that you saw that could have, you know, left to be desired? As far as just as, as far as performance, yeah, as is far as performance, performance or just do I know? Is whose performance? No, it's just in general, just anyone specific. Um, it, it's it's hard to. It, you know, it, it's kind of hard to, to really judge quarterbacks. So I know a lot of people were making uh, a big deal about quarterbacks, but you're throwing on air. Um, you're not – There's. it's not one-on-one. -on -one. You don't have any pressure. You're just throwing the ball on air. You're a quarterback. You know it. I mean, you can sit down there and do that every day. I coach a seven-on-seven team at, at, at Buford, and everything that they did in the combine, we do that every day for warm-ups. So yeah. – to sit there and, and, and give anybody really kudos. I know they made a big deal about CJ Stroud and, and Anthony Richardson and all of that, but, you know, to, to sit there and say somebody stood out or did a certain way um, based off of throwing it on air. I, I, I mean, I, I don't really buy into it. The other part, I mean, and I think we're, we're talking about statistics, you know, we have on this show talked about how trash Will Levis is. We felt like, you know, he was he was some pretty much trash. So to compare a 59 to a 59 to a guy, Will Levis, and you're comparing him hand to hand, you're basically saying that you're comparing trash to trash. 
is <laughs> basically when we're talking about arm strength. So, because you, you're, I mean, those statistics, right? And this is why I think on your own to something because statistically, Dorian Thompson Robin uh, DTR, I call him DTR for short, but from UCLA, apparently they're the strongest at 62. Yeah. What, what do, you know, ultimately, I'm not, ultimately, I know, right? It's the combine, it's one thing, but this is where the combine results you have to take with a grain of salt because. You know, you sit there, you look at it, like you said, it's on air, right? Like now at the same time, arm strength is one thing, right? Like the deep ball right? and, and accuracy, it might add. I think that's key. But again, it's not in game. It's not in game. So when you look at it, right, that shows you you have pure strength. But what does it look like in game? How does it translate? And I think it's where you're going with it, correct? Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't I mean, it doesn't do anything also too like you can't go out there and judge a receiver and say oh man you you ran some great routes or you did you know again there's no pressure there is anybody can go out and run routes anybody can go and make them look crisp they can make them look a certain way but what does it look like you know when you're actually trying to select somebody for your for your football team so but that's where you know these pro days come into play you know at, at the combine I, I participated in the combine I ran routes I caught passes but in pro day, you go one-on-one. -on -one. And in pro day, you're going to throw Pascal. And you're going to throw against some of the top guys. So even though it may be Georgia's pro day, there's going to be a chance that somebody's going to come from Pennsylvania. Somebody's going to come from a certain place because they know that how many scouts are going to be there. Well, yeah, so, I mean, you had Prather Hudson last year. Prather, yeah. Prather Hudson was at Illinois and comes back down to Georgia for his exactly. pro day. Exactly. Yeah. So you're going, to have, you're going to have good on good. You're going to have a realistic look at, you know, so so if, if you're going to do combine things like I'd rather have that happen if you're going to televise it to say, OK, this is how they can make those 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 throws, this outside, this deep throw, this slant, this 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 square end. So mm -hmm. the quarterbacks, I just kind of take them off of the off the table. Same thing with the receivers. Like I can't you know, I can't judge a receiver off of a off of a route that he runs. And then, you know, you catch it or you don't catch it. I mean, that, that doesn't matter. Those are routine pitch and catch things. So that that's a little bit now your measurables and your and your speed that's something completely different like i i can i i i can go with that um but as far as you know disappointing um you know i i would say um you know even though kenny mcintosh did well um he just didn't outshine jamar gibbs um and, and Bijan robinson i mean it, and it was you, you know i i really feel like you know, and again, a lot of this stuff is on air. A lot of it is is is, is drills or, or whatnot. But it, it, I think it kind of further kind of dropped him down a little bit um, as, as far as being impressive. Now, the great thing about that though is that you know Kenny McIntosh is going to be a steal for somebody. Oh and no doubt, he's going to go I mean, in. And he's going to be absolutely outstanding. And every person that 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 gets drafted by Georgia, just like last year, they're Georgia built. You're getting a steal. And I don't care if you get them number one, if you get them, you know, in, in, in the late, the you know, Mr. Irrelevant, you're getting a steal when you're getting somebody. I mean, hell, you, you, I love how you brought that up because even Mr. Irrelevant, Tate Crowder, was shining for the Giants. I think they let him go, but he was shining his yeah. rookie year. Yeah. You know, so, you know, this notion, right, that when you get a Georgia player, you're getting a guy that's ready to go. And I think over the past, two, you know, few years for this, might I add, the you know not just these past two years where George has really been you know thinking about it right like George has been advertised 
over and over and over all the time. Rightfully so. You know, these past two years that we're you know familiar with. But, you know, you look back, like you said, Tay Crowder, right? Like a former running back gets transferred over to linebacker, makes, you know, gets Mr. Irrelevant. And then next thing you know, he's he's flashing as, uh, as a uh, freshman or rookie, excuse me. You know, so you take what, you know, obviously what George is doing and, you know, some team is going to get a, a value pick right there. Hell, there was, did you hear the story about uh, Jamari Sawyer? The, I think it was the Chargers GM was talking about it. Mm-hmm. So basically, long story short, I ain't going to go the whole uh, whole story, but long story short, you know, there obviously Jamari was a six-round pick. If you're not familiar with Jamari Sawyer, practically saved the Charger season as a rookie. But obviously, you know, they're waiting to the sixth pick. The GM calls Kirby and was like, hey, we've got to talk. Talking about his medical situations, right? Basically, like, hey, we got to talk. Like, And Kirby promised him. He's like, Jamar is a real deal, you know? So they take the shot on him, get him in the sixth round as a rookie doing what he just did as a sixth-round pick even made this comment that he should have went and probably got him up a couple rounds early, right? I know we had some, you know, I did. I thought Jamari Sawyer should have went fourth, fifth round. And from hearing that, now you're starting to make sense, right? So wherever Kenny goes, I think you're going to see some value there. Um, You know, you look at, you know, hell, I know this sounds crazy. One, I don't know if you're a Dallas fan, but when you take a look at the situation with Zeke right now and how they're feeling like he might be on his last whim, You've got Tony Pollard. You know, there's there's several teams that could use running backs, and especially what Kenny Mack brings to the table, right? But I do want to take some comments here as well. I see Joe Huff says, in his opinion, this is not one of the better quarterback classes. Juan, do you feel like this quarterback class is overhyped oh, so big far? Time. Big time. And, and, and I say that because, you know, from a, you know, it, it, think about the last – true Ohio State quarterback that has come out and been successful in the in the uh in the, in the NFL. Um Bryce Young is a, another guy he's you know he's he's good but you know his size is what's going to hurt him and a lot of knocks on him is uh, is he going to be able to take those hits when it actually you know when, when it comes you know comes to and then from those two I mean the drop off is really really significant. Um the only thing that helps Will Levis really is the fact that he has been in a pro football system. He um, got beat out by Sean Clifford twice, though. Well, but I'm saying that's the only thing that helps him is that he's been in a, in, a, in that type of system. Same thing with same same thing with with, with, with Alabama. So those guys, so the transition is going to be a little bit easier uh, for them. Um, yeah. the same thing with Hooker. Hooker will be able to adjust um, based off of Hypel's uh, mm-hmm. off of Hypel's system. However, but it's just not – you know, you're not looking at a QB-rich draft here. I think um, next year is about to be stupid, though, for quarterbacks. Next, yeah, next year is going to be sick with um, – with, with Caleb Williams, Drake May. Yep, Quinn Ewers, all of those yeah. guys. Yeah, that, that's going to be – going to be stupid. That's going to be something serious. So so I, I, I agree with you um, on, on that, Joe. And then also, too, um, you know, Joe is asking, is Richardson really going to be one of the first QBs taken? Um, he and Levis were, were really bad in college. Um, they're going to look at Richardson as a project. And you so have to think some, that. So, so for, some, 
for so for some reason they're looking at him as the next Lamar Jackson slash Michael Vick type guy, and they're looking at him as a project, and that's going to end up that's going to end up hurting a team. Um, they're going to spend a lot of money on a guy that they're going to realize he's not reading defense as well. He's also playing a lot of backyard football. That's that that that's going to hurt him. Um, Will Levis. Um, I, I will give him a little bit of grace. I mean, he did play with a separated shoulder, um, and, and, and he's a fighter. Um, he, he got knocked around in a couple of games, but he came back in and he, and he played. So he's, he's one of those gritty, tough guys. Um, but will he be able to, to, to make it through seasons and not be, you know, not be injured? So that's, that's going to be, um, <laughs> Kobe, did we plan on matching white? That's going to be one of those things. Um, but I agree. Motivated, dedicated, said Richardson needs to play tight end. Um, Richardson, to me, is going to be like your Tebow. Tebow should have, instead of playing quarterback, should have went and played tight end. And he then tried to go and play tight end with the, with the Denver Broncos, and it didn't necessarily work out for him. But, you know, that that's a place, I think, for, for Richardson. He needs to go and change his position. Um, that That's probably what's going to help him. I mean, like, you look at it, though, right? Like the litmus test – Right. Understanding the great like one as a quarterback with a receiver, the measurables are awesome. Right. Like Anthony, this is the last I'm going to talk about it because it's 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 Florida. But what I saw from him was very athletic, right, very athletic, ultra athletic ability. But when you put him in a situation where he needs to step back, and actually go through progressions and go through reads, he cannot do that as it stood right now, at least against Georgia. And I would say that Georgia is probably the closest thing in college football to what you're going to see at the next level. And he just couldn't do it. If I'm an, if I'm an NFL franchise and I pick him in the top 10, like he's expected to go, that is a, if, and if my, and if my job's on the line, I am, I am nervous. If I'm a, like if I'm a head coach and I have no say or some shit like that, I'd be nervous as hell. Well, they're probably hoping it's going to be the same as a Jalen Hurts because if you if 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 we're honest, had these measurables, he had all of these things that the same thing that you know not the height and weight, but he had all these things that that uh, Richardson. Had. Yeah. And then of course he was able to be successful, but then again, look at the offense and it's tailored. I mean, it is you know soft, safe throws. Every now and then you'll take a take a shot down the field round you got a great back and then you just play really really good defense but it's nothing spectacular it's nothing just you know just just you know out of the way i, I saw here um where emperor said that kenny was still um you can tell but you know he feels he'll run better as a pro day I, I agree with that the other thing too is again on that pro day kenny will have an opportunity to go against linebackers and he'll have an opportunity to go where he can truly show what he can do to really just kind of separate himself. But, you know, the feeling leaving the combine is, you know, he kind of slipped. He'll have an opportunity just to kind of make it up. Um, I think if he gets in the four, one, if he gets in the four or fives, I think things will be even itself out easily. Like, I understand. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm understand not necessarily, necessarily worried about his, his, his 40 time. It was more, you know, when it can't, you know, your head to head Gibbs and, and Bijan Robinson. And you know that that's you know that's, that's just a tough deal. But again, from a, even from a speed, why Michelle and Nick Chubb weren't speedsters. But 
I mean, Nick, Nick, I mean, you see it, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's one of the best backs in the in the league. Speaking of, by the way, we talked about backs. Did you know this? This is this is how the game is evolving. Derrick Henry is now looking at possibly getting shopped by the Tennessee Titans. They're looking at moving him, moving him possibly. So these these full run only type running backs, you're, those are long gone now. So yeah. when you take a Kenny Mac, when you take a Kenny Mac, the the new era of NFL is about to fit him perfectly. So again, we talked about a team is going to be excited to get him. I'm just saying, there's an example. There's an example. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that was interesting. I thought that was interesting. We don't forget it's it's Kobe's birthday, so happy birthday, Kobe. Uh, birthday. Feliz cumpleaños. Yes. Senor. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we don't. Uh, as I as I take a sip of my sixty thirty three special. <laughs> I'm just saying. He buddy some bread. Oh, that's right. He's that's right. He's he's far away from us. Yeah, that's he's right. far. He's away. what two hours behind. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's right. One. I want to bring up a name that people may have forgotten about. And when you take, and what I mean by that is this: when you look at Georgia, you have Nolan Smith, you have Darnell Washington, you got Broderick Jones. Absolutely just dominating. But Kiaris Jackson, going back to your realm here, receivers. Kiaris Jackson put up a solid time. I want to say it was like mid four fives, which I don't think we expect him to be a blazer. You didn't, right? But I thought he looked good. But how, again, I think, is it a, do you think that would be the same situation as him and him being in the receiving pool, the same as what Kenny Mack looked like in, you know, say the running back? Did you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it's, I it's thought he did fine. It, 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 yeah, it, it, you know, he, he did well. Um, you'll see again in his pro day. The other thing that helps Kiaris, though, is he's he's a punt returner. So he's, you know, he, he's going to be a punt returner. They're also probably looking at him as a gunner. So he's going to be one of those ones that, you know, he's, his first thing may not be a receiver, but he'll, you know, make the special teams and then work his way to, you know, being, being in that rotation. Um, the other thing too, his blocking, his physicality is what, you know, is, is going to be what these teams are actually looking for. Cause in the NFL, it's, if you don't block, if you're not willing to block, then don't, don't look at playing. So look at, um, you really want to see a good story. Look up Ayuk that played for the 49ers and everybody yeah. knows Evo Samuel is a, is a monster. He's that guy. And Ayuk's problem was, is he didn't want to block. So they were looking at shipping him off. And then all of a sudden, Ayuk became one of the best blockers. And you can see him blocking all the way down the field as Kittles or Debo Samuels is, is, is scoring. So that's another thing that Kirby really, really emphasized from his receivers is you're going to block. You know, forget about catching passes. You're going to block. And that's one of the things that Kiaris Jackson is going to bring. And they'll have an opportunity to see that. Well, I mean, that's another, I think, you know, overall, right, like Kirby's as as I wouldn't say vanilla, but like as non-entertaining, it's not your it's not your Ohio State, it's not your USC type offense, what you're expecting from your receivers. But the but the proof is in the pudding, in my opinion, on this. What Kirby's asking of these receivers are getting them drafted and they're going to the league because the NFL understands that you're not going to be sitting here and, and being thrown to every play. You, you have to be able to block. So the fact that Kirby gets these receivers to block as well as they do, and, you know, while still being able to run routes and do this right here, and even in, you know, even from a running back's perspective, right? You know, I think um, 
where was it? I think uh, motivated, dedicated, which I, he has a comment that I want to uh, touch on in just a second too. But all these guys blocking as well as they do, it leads to success in the league. It keeps you occupied or employed, excuse me. It keeps you employed. Uh, motivated, dedicated brings up the biggest thing with NFL running backs is durability. Can he take the hits? Chubb is big enough to take the hits, referring to Kenny McIntosh. Now, my question is this. The durability aspect, one, does it benefit or does it hinder your success long-term in the NFL by how Georgia rotates the back so frequently? Oh, it benefits. I mean, because you're not taking, you know, you're not having that that wear and tear. But again, going back to what Motivated Dedicated said, you know, from durability, it's not just running the ball. A lot of people think it's, you know, running the ball and, and, and taking those hits but he's hitting blitz and linebackers. He's helping out with these defensive ends coming off and blitz and safeties that he's going, you know, head to head that, that can, that can take a toll on you. And um, if, if you really want to see something outstanding and, uh, you know, go, go back and watch that Ohio state game. And there were, especially on that last drive when, you know, Stetson Bennett's back in the pocket and those running backs do an unbelievable job of picking up blitzes, unbelievable job of picking up blitzes. And again, Kirby is, you know, his, his whole mindset is you're going to block. You're going to do exactly what you're supposed to do in order for us to be successful. If you don't want to do that, you can come over here and have a seat by me. I mean, you can sit there and learn this offense, and, and I'll teach you how to be a coach, GA. Um, I, I think Joe Huff brings up a good question here, uh, kind of moving on from the uh, moving on from running backs. Do we think Bobby Bill worked his way to being drafted? I say yes, but my question to this is, could you see him go from day three to late day two would be the question because that 40 time, right, is going to make NFL teams look back at his tape. It's going to make them have to go back. And we're like, what did we miss? I mean, I thought he was going to be four, six, four, seven guy. He comes out, we're on a mid four five. We're like, where the hell is this on tape? Yeah. So, yeah. So when you go back, like I said, it might be me, but I, I do think, Teams are going to have to really take a look at it, right? Because you saw the speed. So you sit there, and I mean, he was what? I think he was in the 240s. I think he was about 250. Yeah. Uh, from a measurable perspective. So you sit there, you see him run a mid four five at roughly 250. And then you go translate it onto the tape. And I think the key here for, for uh, Robert Bill is this when he played, you could see he was thinking too much. Because if you watch him on tape, he is slower than everyone else in regards to reaction. So, in my opinion, this is going to come with more reps. The more reps he gets, the more comfortable he will become, the faster he will play. It will all transpire, and I think NFL teams know that. right? It's just what can he do, what can he not do is a question. right? I don't feel bad in the sense of coverage. I think he'll be just fine. Uh, you do have to be careful with these running backs now that are running four fours and stuff like that. That's going to be a question. But if you put them off, if you put them in and block a tight end, I think you have a shot there, right? 250 pounds against a tight end is going to be a good matchup, especially at four or five. Um, but yeah, I, I think Joe, to answer that question and summarize this, oh, he's going to get drafted. It's just, you know, is someone going to take a shot earlier than what we expected? I think he might be – I still – I'm under the assumption he might be a fifth or sixth-round pick, possibly. But with that kind of speed, it's going to make him go back and turn the tape on. And at that point, 
Will somebody see something that makes them want to pull the trigger on him early and draft him earlier, potentially? Juan, do you have any comment on the on Joe's no, I, question? I, I agree. Like you said, you know, thinking that he was going to come in at a, a four seven and ends up coming at a at a four five um, was pretty good. But it, it just reminds me um, of a comment that that motivated, dedicated said earlier when he said, "Yeah, kudos to the strength and conditioning staff at UGA. They obviously yeah. know what they're doing." Let Let me just tell you right now, that has to be the hottest. Uh, job right there in the country is whoever is the strength and conditioning coach at UGA. If I were Kirby, I would make sure you aren't going anywhere. I'm going to pay you whatever you need to make sure that you don't go anywhere because if he does and brings whatever he does at Georgia to somewhere else, that's going to be a problem. Um, they do an excellent job. Again, th these last two drafts have just been absolutely outstanding and completely Georgia dominated. So and, and, and again, it doesn't just start just by training for the draft. I mean, it starts from day one once they get on campus and then they're going through this. They're going through this process. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I do. I, I really think that that Beal will um, be drafted. Um, I, I wouldn't say maybe late day two, but probably, you know, day three and, and, and forward. Yeah. Um, but but like you said, a lot of these guys are going to start watching film. And then let's see how he performs on his pro day. And that's what's really going to be the, the you know. Absolutely. The I'm, I'm glad you brought up the uh, pro day as well. Because my, th my thing is, the and Georgia's getting into this point with NFL teams, especially at the linebacker position, the track record for these guys. Right now, I think Bill played D-line edge type guy, so he might be a Trey Scott guy. But – if you move him to an all, like if you move him to a backer, right? I, I think you'll find a way to get him to play. I think he can do that. But you know, <clears throat> we talk about uh, we talk about strength and conditioning. I'm going to compare this. I'm it, it's time one. I wasn't going to do this, but I will. If you take away, for we're gonna we're gonna take two of our we're gonna take two fan bases here, Florida, Alabama. If you take away. Anthony Richardson for Florida. Your fastest time was Justin Shorter. Four, five, two, one was your fastest. Both of your DBs, by the way, both of them, four sevens. I think one was a four, seven, four. One was a four, seven, seven or something like that. That is slow, slow. Brian Branch, four, I'm going to say four, five, two or something like that for Bama. Um, Will Anderson was a four six zero. My my question is now I, I'm not going to say that I'm basing everything off of this, but when you take and you look at the speed that Georgia had at the combine and compare it, something is something's there. When when you take Nolan Smith running a four three nine, when you take Robert Bill running a sub four six at two fifty, or right around two fifty, right. Darnell Washington at two two sixty four ran a four six five. That's five hundredths of a second slower than Will Anderson. Like you sit there and you start looking at these things. Hell, even Broderick Jones at three eleven ran a four nine seven. Like I don't think Georgia had a player run the forty under sub. Uh, everyone was sub five. There was not a single player that ran above five flat. 
that is moving folks. And, that, and that's a lot of weight to be moving. So hats off to Georgia Strength and Conditioning and whoever these guys are coaching with. I'm just saying, I would take notes. If, if you're if you're in the, these guys' positions, moving forward for your NFL drafts, get with those guys. Yeah. But I'm just saying because Nolan Smith made a fuck ton of money. And and even Robert Bill is, you know, I think Stetson Bennett. Even Stetson Bennett, he ran a four, six, seven, and he looked like he let up and jogged. And Daniel Jeremiah and Rich Eisen both called it out. Looked like he let off. What does that mean? Could have seen a four or five, maybe. Don't know. Not gonna say because it didn't happen. But these guys can move. They can move. And it all starts with Georgia strength and conditioning and the fact that they get the fuck run out of them. And then two, these whoever they're whoever they're training with pre-draft combine, you, you gotta take that into play. Yeah. Because that they boy, those boys were moving. Oh boy. That was crazy, yeah. But uh, let's see here. So we let's see. Motivated dedication. Yeah, guys bust their behind in the offseason. That stre- uh, that strength staff is awesome. And he also brings up a good point. Smash that like button if you haven't already. Just gonna leave that there. Um, Juan, I wanna I wanna talk to you about this. Before we move from the combine, now you start looking into the draft and pro day. Actually, pro day first. <clears throat> Do you think the performances from the combine? Who who will do you see anyone not doing certain things at their at the pro day just to, just because they did something so well? Like when we like for instance last year as an example, Jordan Davis ran a four seven eight. At that point, you knew he wasn't running a forty at the pro day, right? Do you did you see anyone do anything or whatever the case may be that made you say, yeah, he ain't doing that again, or he might not need yeah, to I mean, do Nolan, this? Nolan, Nolan Smith isn't running a. He's not going to run. No, um, he doesn't need to. Although he probably would run a faster time at his pro day than he would at the combine. What what's the calls for that one? What is it? Is it the turf situation or yeah, what? It's, yeah, the the turf at at the combine is usually it's it's almost like a thick carpet. It, it's it's weird. It's it's a it's a thick carpet. Plus, again, you're looking at you know you're running at, at your own place that you've practiced and been at for four you know three four years. So you're just kind of used to it. You know, you know, you just have a great feel for it versus versus the combine. The other thing a lot of people don't understand, too, is before you go and run the things that get done to you, you know, before you actually go run. I mean, you have basically been twisted and turned and almost to the brink of like they're, you feel like they're breaking something. Because they just want to see, are you know, are you flexible? Are you durable? Like, do you have any broken bones? Do you have any of this? You know, you have all of these things. So by the time that you run, it, it, you know, you're almost hurting. So you know, when it comes to their pro day, they can run, you know, much faster. Again, you'll also get an opportunity to see some one-on-ones. Um, you know, and, and then like, what what are your throws going to look like? What are your catches going to look like? What are your routes going to look like? You know, versus the you know versus your corners versus your safeties. Um, running backs versus linebackers, and so you'll get get an opportunity to really see, you know, some 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 pass rush, some different things that you'll really get an opportunity to just to kind of kind of showcase yourself. And the the thing that I can say that I could see translating is even though it was on air and the the amazing catch that Darnell Washington made uh, in the combine, I can see him doing that in a game. 
I can physically see him doing that in a practice or in a one-on-one session. Like that was, you know, that was not a fluke. That was not, you know, what you would necessarily call, you know, just on air. I mean, he's just that physically talented. It, it doesn't even matter who was guarding him. He was bringing that thing down. So um, that, that, that's what you have an opportunity to see, um, you know, when, when you get there. And also, too, no, it's just not going to be a regular practice or a regular thing. Like these guys are trying to make money. They're trying to make rosters. This is a livelihood. So you could best believe you are going to get the absolute best out of everybody that's going to be at that pro day. Keep in mind, we keep in mind that we have draft eligible players that weren't uh, invited to the combine, yeah. a lot like a Warren Erickson. <clears throat> so your pro day, this is literally playing for your life. Like this is literally the job interview of a lifetime for him, yep. right? Yep. Um, so the fact that we had a, few, a couple guys not get uh, invited, this is their chance. Come, <clears throat> excuse me, come the pro day. Hey, show because you know you know this. Every team's going to be represented, and if it wouldn't surprise me if you have head coaches or GMs from every every place, every team is going to have at least some high up. I would think. Oh yeah, at, at, yeah. Especially when it comes to to, to the Georgia, um, you know, combine. They're going in to see Georgia, you know, Georgia kids. But you can you can best believe you're going to have some people all over going out there to make a shot. And then who knows? Like I said, you'll always have that one person that just kind of stands out. And even if they don't get drafted, they'll say, "Man, I, I remember watching him." Um, you know, at, at, at that pro day. Then you go back there and look at the film, and then they'll give you a shot to, you know, to to, to you know, to, to try to make something happen. Because you got a pro day where all the coaches are going to be there too. I would assume every every position coach is going to be there. Oh, yeah. So not only, right, like if you look at the combine, the guys at the combine, you know, they may call or whatever depending on the situation. They probably won't even do that. They're literally just focused on that guy only. But when when you're at your pro day, you have the luxury of having your position coach there, your head coach there, and they can fight for you. They can do these things for you to prove, like, hey, listen, he's worth the draft pick. He yeah. is worth it, right? Whereas in, at the at the combine in Indy, you're by yourself, right? So some of these guys, like I think you look at Kenny McIntosh. Kenny McIntosh, I think, will not only benefit from the pro day, but I do think that he he will he will preserve a, a draft his draft stock. I, I don't want to say that his performance was bad because it was not. But when you compared it, like you said, Bijan and those other guys, it, it he didn't seem to stand out. Yeah, and, and that sometimes is the issue. It's not that he's a bad player. You just had guys that were just better at yeah. that day, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. So I want to do something real fast. I'm gonna we'll, we'll, I'm gonna call out some names, and this is a way for the brigade to get uh, interactive here as well. We're gonna take we're gonna do we're gonna piece this together, Juan. So I'm gonna break this out for you. We're gonna take post combine draft pick, like basically, like for instance, Stetson Bennett. You you still under the assumption he's undrafted? Yeah. I think he could go in you know day three, day two, or whatever, right? We're going to try to do this for some folks. And what I want to do is take it and look after the combine and do the same thing after pro day and kind of track and see if we see some progression in our opinions, mm -hmm. if we see some regression in our opinions. And it also gives the brigade a chance to let us know what you think. Uh, <clears throat> so let's let's do this, by the way. Let's start off with the quarterback position. 
Stetson Bennett. Are you are you still sticking with the undrafted? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. Right now they have them as uh, you know overall like the the seventeenth quarterback, um, I guess overall. Where um, and it's funny here. Here's what's one of the guys that's in front of him is Lindsey Scott's uh, Lindsey Scott Jr. Lindsey Scott's son. Uh, who plays that it. boy? Was, that boy was slinging it though. Yeah, yeah, and, and it. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's. Um, I, I just really feel like just from a um, a, a lot of it, just size, um, and, and even if there were some NFL scouts that saw him in that forty, just kind of looking lack lackadaisical, which is one of the things that they were saying about it, and then his, you know, just kind of his attitude. That would be something that would be just just concerning. Um, do I think that he'll have a, a shot? You know, as an undrafted free agent, I think somebody will pick him up and give him a shot. Um, as far as drafted, I don't see it, but you know, it'd be better if I were wrong. So I want to ask you this question first: Do I do from a pick, like from a draft perspective, if we're saying someone's getting drafted, do we take the day route, whether it be day one, day two, day three, or do we be elite and try to go specific round? What would you prefer? Let's go. Um, I would say, man, round would be tough. Yeah. Let's do day one day. Yeah, I would say day, yeah. Okay, okay. so for, for the sake of for the sake of this, we'll we'll say days. So yeah. to explain this, day one is only first round. Day two, second and third. Day three, you have uh, four, five, six, and seven. Mm -hmm. So there is your breakdown for those that aren't, aren't aware. I've got Setson right now post-combine going day three. I think – and I'm saying I think you can see early day three because there is going to be a team out there that ha that might have a set quarterback but can also look at Stetson for what he can bring, kind of similar like a Jake Fromm. And what I mean by that is an IQ pick, right? The Bills went out and said they picked Jake Fromm because of his IQ. However, I think Stetson can actually ball. He's got the army. We saw that. And the fact that he's a proven winner, two national championships back-to-back. -back. We've seen him make some throws, key throws, key plays, key drives. Someone, I think, is going to be willing to take a shot on that. It's just a question of where at, you know, what system, right? Do they expect him to be – and I expect him to be a backup, but that's not a problem. Listen – you can make a ton of money being a backup quarterback in the NFL. Just going to leave that there. But I've got him on day three. I think maybe even early day three. Now, I'll ask you this. Would you feel the same about him if he played on any other team? If you were on the You know what? Would you look, you know at, what, though? look at the combine and said, you know what? I think that that guy right there looks like he's a he's an early day three guy. I try, I try to look at it. I try to look and being as unbiased as possible, one. If now are we taking away the winning perspective here too, or are we just looking at physical throwing? Yeah, yeah, like physical, phys physical throwing and, and but I mean you you could say you could say winning, but just not at Georgia. If I got he you. were if, if he were like the Max Duggan or if he were if, if if he were playing somewhere else, is it more along the lines of hey, this is a personal subjective, or are you are you truly being objective? No, I, I think honestly, it's it's subjective because of the fact that he's not he's playing at Georgia, right? Okay. We know that he played at Georgia, so keep that in mind. But what I saw now, if obviously if, I think things play out differently in the combine, I think 
if if he's not if he's not playing at Georgia, I think he would run the forty a lot differently. I think you would actually see the effort there, and I think you would you know what I mean. But overall, from what I saw at the combine, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you you can be statistical and, and compare the numbers, or you can just watch the throws. I still feel like he could, and even wise, maybe not early day three, but I still think there's a shot for him in the NFL because someone of his speed with his IQ, right? Watching him kind of understand the, you know, read the defense and things like that pre-snap is is it's it's vital, right? It's 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 crucial being able to do that being able to, you know, be elusive and still be able to make the throws. Now, what we saw at the combine, what we saw at Georgia is a lot different, but obviously taking the Georgia aspect out of it, right? Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, dude, so I know you were talking about statistically. So outside of Will Levis, who was in his group, do you know anybody else who was in that group and had other statistics? Max Max Duggan, he did better than Max Duggan. But the question is, is Max Duggan going to be a draftable quarterback? I, I don't know. No, no. Oh, okay. Well, out, outside of somebody that you don't know, like in, in else in that group, in that first in that first group, the real three were those guys. Um, the second group is the second group is where you had Stroud and Anthony Richardson <coughs> go go in that situation. Okay. Yeah, because um, a couple of those guys. So like Aiden, uh, you know, Aiden O'Connell. Um, he was in the second group too. Yeah. Was he in the second group? Well, then yeah. it was. Um, sorry, it was uh, Hall. The Hall guy. From yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, yeah. like so these are guys that are that are ranked ahead of him. But yeah. I was just wondering, is it? Again? I'll tell you right now, though, he threw the so Stetson Stetson at least from a deep ball perspective, Stetson on the deep ball threw it in that first group about literally better than everyone you could compare on the same that, level. That, level. that didn't get you drafted just because you. Not a, not a, what I was getting to though, not only that, but it was a lot like his throws and timing was crisp. Right. The receivers in that first group, they to me, they looked like they were running routes terribly. But that, that's something that you would probably look at nitpick there. But he threw the ball where it needed to be. And a lot of them were caught. Most all of his were caught. The timing. Right. Because you have to understand what you see at college, what you saw at Georgia is not the same as what you're going to see in the NFL. Slightly yeah, different. Like I said, it's, it's on air. And like you said, you know, uh, you know, to see him do stuff against. Like, you know, it would have been interesting to see if he were on another team and played against Georgia, yep. what it would have, you know, what he would have looked like. Oh, no. I mean, so obviously being super subjective, you know, I, I still would give him a maybe a mid to late third round pick. Um, you know, like I said, I think it's all going to be on the system or the team 
that feels like that he could be somewhat useful to them. You know what I mean? But again, when you you know this, NFL teams are also looking ahead to next year's quarterback class. And that's that's the one thing if I'm if I'm a betting man as we are, that's that's where I'm looking at is like, all right, now I can understand maybe a little bit why you don't draft him, but I think the fact that he's a winner, the fact that he's fast, he can run and do all these things that he's smart. Ultimately, I think someone will take a shot. Now, the question is when and who. That's just my thought. Uh, Kenny Mack. Let's do Kenny Mack. Juan, what's your project- projection? Draftable? If so, what day? I, I would say day three. Um, I-, I think he's a day three guy. He's going he's gonna to be an absolute steal. Um, um, maybe in day two, probably day three. Um, I-, I see him as like a Dalvin Cook um, uh, type guy. Sorry, um, who-, who was it? Lash, uh, um yeah. Yeah. James, yeah. Cook went, went, uh, James Cook went second round though too. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, second round. So I would say end of day, end of day two, um, you know, possibly day three. I, I just see him just, you know, being a steal for somebody. This is so this is also ahead of free agency, by the way. So this is why we're doing a post uh post pro day, because it will give us time to see what the NFL is looking like at this point. The fact that Derrick Henry could be getting moved on from in Tennessee could make shockwaves. But <clears throat> I'm with you. I think day three, but I think you might see early day three as well. Kiaris Jackson, <clears throat> draftable or not? If so, what day? I would say I would say day three for Kiaris Jackson. Um, I think you see it. I hate to say it, but I'm with you, but I think it might be a later day three. Yeah, later, later day three. I, I just think that, um, you, you know, when it comes to – you know, being just a pure receiver, um, he, he doesn't necessarily stack up with the with the other guys, but his intangibles are great. I think he's going to be a great returner. I think he's going to be a great special teams team. warriors. What's yeah. going to get him drafted? Exactly. I think that that's what's going to, you know, get, that's going to put him over the edge. And plus and, and his blocking, his ability to block. His oh, yeah, that's undervalued. I feel like it's undervalued in today's yeah. NFL. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving on. Darnell Washington. Oh, gosh. Darnell Washington. I, you know, before I would have said day two, I could see him being a late, you know, a, a late day one guy. Um, I, I think that he really, really showed himself, um, if anything, and, and I don't know how many people have actually had an opportunity to push a sled, but it's a nightmare. And, you know, it for is you heavy. There, yeah, and for you to sit there and move a sled, it's, it's really, really tough. When they did that side by side by side comparison to the other tight ends that were you know, invited to the combine, not just some side-by-side tight ends, but side-by-side tight ends that were, you know, invited to the combines to see him move that with the greatest of ease and see those guys kind of struggling a little bit. He's, he's, he's special four, six as a tight end. Um, You know, uh, they were measuring his, his hands, his, his, his wingspan, and they were just off the charts. I think his hands were the second most 11 11 inches yeah that's ridiculous that's, that's 80, i think 88 was it 84 just over 84 inch yeah. wingspan too you know, wingspan i mean he's just you know that's the by the way that's the that's the largest wingspan recorded history of combine yeah. second uh second largest hands for my tight end yep um, I'm with you. I, you know what? I think you I think you see late day one, maybe even early. And you and the reason why I say that is this barring the same things change or nothing changes, barring something doesn't change. The Ravens at 22, 
Todd Munkinan. They got Isaiah Likely, but if you pair him on the Ravens, I think the Ravens could be a landing spot for Darnell. Mm-hmm. But if, if, if the Ravens pass and they need something bigger, then you start to wonder, what about the Bengals? Because if the Bengals get him with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, that is a nightmare for the NFL. Yep. It's a nightmare. I'm just, I'm just saying that right there. All right, moving on. Broderick Jones. Hmm. Day one. I, I, I'm, I'm saying early day one. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, for him to run, you know, <laughs> you know, being as, as, as big as he is and for him to run, what, I mean, was it a four – Four nine, uh, four nine seven, I believe, <clears throat> unofficial yeah. or official yeah. actually four nine seven. I, I mean that's that that that's ridiculous. Um, that that is for, you know, and and just the physicality, everything that 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 that's involved. Did it did it say um, he started all what? Did he start all twenty two games of the, or, or sorry every game for the last two years? Was it? Oh, they were showing some stat. They were showing some stat at the uh, at the combine. Um, I forgot this. I forgot the specific statistics. Yeah, yeah, I, I do too. And they were just talking about just how outstanding he is. Yeah, he's definitely a day one guy. Oh, he's. A, I think you see him top fifteen easily. I think he could be. I post that uh, post combine. I think you could see him arguably go first tackle off the board. Yeah, I, I want to think you're. They were you're, you're looking at him and Paris Johnson. Him and Paris Johnson will arguably be the one or the first and second. Yeah, because because it was I, I think they were saying that he didn't give up a sack. I think the and I, I forgot what the stat was. I, I should have. Oh, well, he didn't give up a sack all 2022. Okay, that's what that's what it was. That's exact. Okay, I, I knew it was 20. It had 22 yeah. minutes. So that, him that, and McCl- well, him and McClendon never gave up a sack. That's just that's crazy. That's stupid. And 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 we're talking about you know you're playing some elite level teams. Um, and, and for you to do that, and, and I, I tell you what, if, if there were going to some that were going to be given up, I thought it would have been against Kentucky. Kentucky's a physical team, offensively and defensively. You know, you play Ohio State, Ohio State. You, play these, yeah. you play all these great things. You know, all these, you know, Florida. You got LSU. You got all of these teams that that, that you're playing week in and week out. Fast teams, good teams, physical guys. Tennessee. You know, and 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 you don't give up a sack. I just think that that that's outstanding. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we're not going to do Warren Erickson. We're going to move on to the defensive side of the ball. Nolan Smith. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me just tell you, I, I see him being a, a day one guy. Um, I, uh, a four three nine. You're running faster than most receivers. You're running faster than most backs. You are. Uh, I mean, that's that is scary. That's stupid. And, and and you've had and, and I know I get it. I get it. You're coming off of an injury, but you've had a complete year. So, you know, to to have all that wear and tear not be on your body and for you to come in there fresh with a, just a whole different attitude. I, I just see him, you know, just just, you know, for, for you to perform like that after, you know, it, it just shows dedication um, and it just shows heart. And he really wants to be in the NFL. I, I want to say that he solidified a late first-round pick. But my problem is this. The fact that there are only 31 picks this year, you tie that in with someone wanting to trade up for uh, that spot to get that fifth-year team option. That's the key right there. That That's the difference. That's the reason why you see people trade up to get that last pick of the draft uh, first round. 
do you see someone try to get a quarterback at the 31 spot? I don't necessarily know. I think you might see him go before that just for the benefit of – I feel confident in saying that he could be a very, very early round or day two. Yep, yep. I, I do. I, it would it would not surprise me if he's very late day one yep. or maybe even mid to late. But for the sake of this, I feel more comfortable saying that I know he'll go early day two. Yeah. But it, like I said, it will not surprise me one bit if he goes day one, period. Robert Bill, what do you got? Oh, man. I, I would say, it, you know, he goes from being um, undrafted to, I, I would say, a day three guy. I think it's a day three, but I think it might be a mid day three. The 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 measurables and the the statistics that we saw the forty time and things like that are going to help him get drafted. But you're taking a little bit of a pick. You're, you're taking a little bit of a shot in a sense of you've got to get this guy a ton of reps. Yeah, that's just what he needs. Um, he, he's he doesn't have as much experience as you have like a you know Nolan Smith or whatever. But the 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 physical you know traits are there. And that, to me, in this day of NFL, seems to be a, a reason to get you drafted. Uh, let's see. Who else? Who else am I missing? Uh, let's see. Did that right there. Keely Ringo. Um, I, I, I would say a day two guy. I mean, I, I think he ran pretty fast at the, at the combine. I, I just think a lot of his – uh, a lot of his downside is just going to be his hips. Um, he, he, honestly, though, he didn't look terrible. But it still is. Was it more fluid? Right. Like that's where you're going to have like you've got to have to fit a niche for him in the yeah. NFL because you don't want to sit there and watch him try to do that because they'll, they'll turn the tape on. Yeah. Right. They'll turn the tape on. And that's where the tape can hurt you. And, in, in, you know, when you're not in pads, think everything looks you know hunky dory. Right. He, like I said, he looked fine, but you still saw him make a couple drops on these on these drills and things like that. And and if I think if you're trying to solidify yourself, even the minute details of a drop are going to hurt you. Yeah, I if I were him, I probably he probably should have ran and then waited to do his pro day for the other things, because, again, you got those you, you got the, the Illinois guy out there that's just. I mean, he's probably like the next Sauce Gardner. Witherspoon is going to be, yeah. Witherspoon, yeah. he his draft stock is skyrocketing. Oh yeah, he's going to be the next Sauce Gardner. Then uh, the guy from Penn State. Um, I can't even think of his Joey name. Porter. Yeah. Joey Porter. Yeah. I mean, you, you you know you're out there with, with with those guys. I mean, you know, you just talk about fluid and just effortless. Those guys are just fluid and just effortless. I will, I will say this though, one, the one thing that I think will be very interested to note is. The only I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be optimistic here, and if I'm wrong, so be it. I want to be I want to be wrong in the right way, in my opinion. I'm gonna go day one, but it's not he wasn't nearly as as hyped up as what he was before. He'll be in the back end, and the reason why I say I think he can still get drafted in the first round is one four three six speed is four three six speed, and he might be able to up that at the pro day. Two, if he has a good pro day. I think that will solidify your first round. But in today's world, you always need to stockpile DBs. Mm -hmm. A fast DB, you can coach them up, but you cannot coach speed. 
that's recovery speed. That what we saw against uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. That's four three six speed. Those things, that's stuff you can't teach. Yeah. Which is why, again, you look at you look at the the DBs for for Florida, and it makes me wonder if they're going to get drafted because four seven as a DB, whether it be safety or cornerback, that's slow. Yeah, you're gonna get, and, and and I'm thinking of too. Like you're gonna have to. That's not even the, for the nick, even for nickel. That is terrible. Yeah, you're having to guard the Jordan Jeffersons and the Jamar Chases of the world, and Cheetah and Waddle. I mean, you're sitting there having to guard these guys. I mean, if you're four seven, you might as well. You, you know, that is 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 gonna be tough sledding for you because it was Rashad, it was Rashad Torrance and and Trey Dean, right? Trey Dean's a safety, so give them a benefit of a doubt there. I think both were maybe safeties. I don't necessarily remember. But even then, even Brian Branch, Brian Branch was arguably the best safety, and he ran a four-five-two. That's not terrible for safety, but when you run mid four sevens, that is a liability. Yeah, pure liability. Which leads me to the safety, Chris Smith. Chris Smith, what do you think? Man, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say early day two. I'll give I'll give him a, I'll give him an early day two. I think you see a midday too. I think his the thing about it was I say midday too right now because I have the hope that he can run a fast 40 top. Yeah. Yeah. Because the reason the only thing that I had questions about coming into the combine was his speed. The tape shows everything you need to see. His tape sticks out in a good way. Size is what it is. It wasn't necessarily the worst in the size department, right? Mm -hmm. But just the speed, you had to be speed, speed, speed. I think he ran like a low four six, I think it was. I don't if I'm not so yeah. if he gets that into the four fives, like mid four fives, if he can somehow get it to mid four five, give yeah. him the day two easily. Yeah. Easily. What what'll help him though? Instincts. Um number oh, one. I mean, I mean we, we saw this, we saw this with Nicobe yeah. Dean last year. Yeah. Instinct, yeah. you move Nicobe Dean didn't run the 40 by design. But he he he's so fast on he's so fast on tape because he's so smart. There were times in the, what uh, what game was it? I forgot which one it was. Um, oh my God, was it Ohio State? Maybe he was so smart that he was getting to, he was reading it too fast and and hit the receiver right instead of timing it perfectly. He just read it too fast and he got there just a tad too early. If I if I'm a if I'm a coach a defensive coach in the NFL, I want that. Yeah, because you need your safety to be smart. You you right. need them to be the leader, and from an from an intellectual standpoint, there's no questioning that man's ability as yeah. a thinker, and his ability to fly and close to the ball is going to get him drafted early. But I think right now, upon his forty time at pro day, I'm going mid second day. Okay. Um, who else? I think that was. Did we miss anybody? No, I think that was it. Okay, there we go. Let us know what you think. Let, I, obviously, like I said, this is post-combine. We will also do a post-pro day. Things could change, folks. There's, I mean, and like not just not just from Georgia's perspective. The NFL world will change by the time we do this again. Yeah, it will. So, so keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Um, and, and honestly, one, I think we're going to take that into context as well when we do our post-pro day. We have to. But um, other than that, though, like I said, let us know in the comments what your thoughts are. Do you agree or disagree uh, with our players 
listen, that was only the ones that we did that went to the combine. Okay. So maybe you see us do Warren Erickson after the pro day. We'll talk about it. But before we go, make sure to head over to dgdpodcast.com forward slash Apotheos. Check out Apotheos Roastery, the official sponsor of the DGD Podcast. 20% of every bag that you purchase going to our website will go towards the Classic City Collective. Uh, obviously, Apotheos is the official coffee and cold brew partner of the Classic City Collective. That is the Georgia Bulldogs NIL. It covers all 21 sports. Juan, like ultimately to wrap this up, it was an excellent combine again. Day one, day four. Uh, some ups, some downs. All right, we got to laugh at our uh, nemesis down in Gainesville for being slow as molasses. Yeah, uh, Bama didn't look nearly as sharp as they were, and I'm not saying they didn't have that. Jameer Gibbs was flying, but yeah, yeah. Other than that, though, like it's fun to it's fun to look at that Gator garbage down in Gainesville and it's like, haha, too slow. Yeah, yeah, you guys are sorry, but I, I at least love the showing and those guys you know, that are at the combine and America gets to see why Georgia is so dominant year after year. And uh, again, you know, next year, you know, we're, we're going for a three-peat. I'm sorry. We're not going for a three-peat. We're going to have our three-peat. And, uh, and then that next year's combine, when you talk about, again, seeing Brock Bowers, they're going to really be like, good freaking grief. Carson it's, Beck throwing the deep ball is going to be fun. Oh, too. Yeah. It's going to be outstanding. Juan, are you going to – no, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but we're going to wrap it up on that after this. I'm thinking ahead. Carson Beck at the pro day – or not at the pro day, but at the um, at the combine. Are you going to be just jaw drop? Yeah, I, I, again, I, I – um, you, you can you – can, you're going to hear it pop. It's going to be – like I said, it, 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 it's just hard because you're throwing it on air, um, at, you know, from a combine, but the pro day – that's what that's what I want to see. Well, I want to see that. I want to see that on. one where he's fitting those fitting those passes in this small window. Um, <clears throat> Guess who threw for George Pickens last year? Oh yeah, Carson Beck at the pro yeah. day. He he requested he requested Carson Beck to be his quarterback. Yeah. So that tells me everything I need to know. Yep. He is. He's. That out. means he, that means that means you're confident that Carson Beck can make every NFL throw. Yeah, which also led you to extra eyes from an NFL perspective. It's the chess match, folks, not checkers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. With that, Juan, with that being said, have a good day, sir. Everyone that's listening, watching at home, have a great day. We will be back here Wednesday. Maybe, maybe Swolders will be here again. Happy birthday, Swolders. With that being said, have a great day. We'll catch y'all next time. Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs>